Well, good morning. It's, uh, it's been a great summer. Have you guys had a good summer? Yeah? Good. Good. It's actually looking fuller than I think some of the weeks have been here, so it's kind of fun to see people starting to come back maybe from vacations and different things or other people away, but uh, it's great to see you this morning. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, me and my wife Ruth and our five kids are blessed to be a part of this congregation, and so I'm just uh, um, joyed to be able to share with you here this morning. And I love that we're working uh, through the parables, or through a bunch of parables, and I love that I got to pick my own parable in the midst of this stuff, too. Uh, if, if I would say anything touches my heart the most as I read Scripture, it's probably the parables. And I think there's something personality-wise there for me in that. I love the mystery or the trying to discover what, what is God trying to say in the midst of some of this stuff. I, I know for Ruth loves the Psalms and just the, the beauty of the, what God's love is and these sort of things. And I, yeah, I love the Psalms and I, I, there's a space for that for me too. But, but I just really love these parables. And so I, I just love diving into some of this stuff. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to diving into this with you. And I think one of the things is, I think this is maybe what it is. I really like science fiction stuff. And I, I really like science fiction because you watch something that's completely abstract, like something that's completely outside of our normal understanding, and all of a sudden you see something new, something that you can then relate into yourself or relate into your world that you didn't normally see. Like, I feel like there are so many things around me that just become so normal that I just, I'm doing them every single day, and I just, I just, it just becomes routine, and I stop thinking about them, and I just keep doing them. And then all of a sudden, we, if we take ourselves outside of that situation, we look back at it a little bit, and we see it from a little bit of a different angle, all of a sudden we see something new and different with it. And so I'm hoping this morning uh, to do that, that we can step back a little bit, maybe from where we are at, what we're doing, what God's doing in our lives, and uh, we can look through maybe a little bit different lens and then see what God has for us this morning. So uh, this parable happens both in, uh, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All of them almost word for word. Luke a little bit different in some of this stuff, but almost word for word, this exact same thing. And there's some stuff that actually happens right around um, this, Jesus sharing this, that I think is really important as well, because this is amongst the time when Jesus is really starting to stir up uh, with some of the Pharisees. They're all getting a little bit upset with some of his teaching and what is happening. And seeing the fact that like, Jesus is healing people on the Sabbath, or, or, or Jesus is like changing the ideas of some of this stuff, or like what's he trying to stir up? We've, we've been building something here for a long time. So let me start by just reading it again here. This is in the NIV. It says, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the, uh, the tear even worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst, and the skins, both the wine and the wineskins, will be ruined. And no one pours new wine into uh, no one. No, he pours new wine into new wine. Don't don't not do that. That's what you should do. He pours the new wine into the new wineskins. I was. Uh, you kind of take us back to that that era. Like we don't really do 
wineskins for wine anymore. We kind of do bottles. Actually, if you, if you read this in the message, uh, Eugene Peterson actually says you wouldn't pour wine into like a cracked wine bottle. It doesn't really make sense. Or if you actually take a really nice scarf and you want to take that part of that scarf and you want to sew it onto your work clothes, you wouldn't do that. Uh, those sort of things. And so he kind of makes that adjustment. But if we look back at the time when this would have happened, when Jesus would have been sharing this stuff, uh, he's actually teaching this to these Pharisees, and he's actually completely shifting the mindset that they have always, they, they had spent years training and teaching and learning this stuff, that all of a sudden Jesus has come with something that's just completely different. And he's kind of taking all these laws and rules and everything, and he's almost just completely throwing them out. And so I can understand when they're like, what in the world is he doing? Like, we have spent our lives dedicated for this. This is like years and years old. Like, we, we, you can't just throw this stuff all out. And so I was trying to relate it to now, okay? Maybe, well, let's try this. I don't know if it really works, but if you were the person who thought, man, we really need to be able to get... Uh, a piece of an image, like maybe you have this document and you really want to get it from here, but we want to get it all the way across the country and we want to do this in just a few minutes. We're going to create this amazing new technology, guys. It's going to travel all the way over the phone lines. It's called a fax machine. <laughs> this fax machine is amazing. Like we just revolutionized the world. Like we have this, ma- I, I dedicated my life developing, designing, building, creating this amazing fax machine, getting it out all across the country. Every single office has a fax machine. We have awesome fax machines everywhere. And then what all of a sudden comes right after that? Oh, well, the, the internet. Shoot. <laughs> What's the point of Do you guys even all know what a fax machine is? <laughs> all these things that you've completely put your time and effort and energy into, and all of a sudden it's completely switched. And so I can imagine these Pharisees would have been like, man, we have spent so much time. We've really honed these laws. We know them really well. We know how to teach them really well. We know how to make sure people are following them really well. And we're going to make sure that these are the important things for people to know. And Jesus also comes and says, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's Let's not take the nice new wine and put it into one of these old wineskins you know, the new wine's going to go into that old wineskin, and the new wine's still going to be fermenting, and so it's going to be giving off the gas, and it's going to be expanding, and all of a sudden you're going to take this old wineskin that's dry and not, not pliable or flexible, and it's just going to crack. And instead we put it into a new one. We put it into one that's flexible and able to take the movement as it goes, and, uh, and it can grow and shape to what that new wine is developing within it. I uh, work for Multiply, and Multiply is the uh, mission arm of the MB Church, and uh, my role, I get to, I like, I like to say I get to bring opportunity, missional opportunities uh, to people, and, uh, and so I really enjoy connecting with people and being able to, you know, see what God is doing in their lives, and then seeing how we can connect them to what God is doing on mission. And so that is just a passion for me. I love always knowing what God is doing on mission all over the world and in different spaces and different things that are going on and, and love connecting people with that. And if I would try to do that the same way that that happened in the 1800s, if I would have said, you know what, just like Hudson Taylor, you're going to get on this boat 
and you're going to pack your you know, coffin with everything in it. You're going to get on there, and you're going to go for the rest of your life. You're never, you maybe send a letter every once in a while. I think I remember actually one story of these missionaries who were in a tribe somewhere in Africa, and uh, they would get one package every year. And, uh, and the, the tribe's people that they were living with knew that this, like, this package that they got was so exciting, so amazing. And uh, the, the missionaries weren't actually there when the package arrived. And so the missionary, er, these, these tribes people thought, okay, well, if this package is so amazing, the only thing that it can be so amazing and so special has got to be food. So they, they take this package and they open it up and they put it in a pot and they boil it up and they eat this, this uh, package that they got. This package is just the letters for a whole year's worth that their family and friends and everybody have sent to them and uh, that they treasure these words from family and friends overseas and stuff. And little did they know that the, the tribes people just ate the package of, of letters and paper and words and and so anyway, but we, we look at mission differently than we did before, and, and things continue to evolve, and we've got to continue to be flexible and, and moving in this. And even one of uh, my coworkers uh, recently came to us as a team and said, you know, I feel like sometimes us, as some of the older people within Multiply, continue to come to you like Saul would have come to David and said, hey, I've got this great armor. If you're going to fight Goliath... If you're going to fight Goliath, you need to have the best armor. You've got to have the best sword. You've got to have all the best stuff. And this is how we fight. This is how we fight. We're, I see how big Goliath is, and you've got to have the best. And, and David would have put all this stuff on and would have fit not great because he's a young kid. And he would have been so overburdened by it. And, and David, in the meantime, over years, has been sitting in the fields and the pastures being prepared by the Lord as he is protecting his sheep from, like, bears and mountain lions and, uh, and able to, to, to be able to support them and move quickly with them and, and protect them. And, uh, and David kind of says, no, like, I don't want to take all this ill-fitting stuff. I want to actually put that aside because I, I trust the Lord has something else. And we know that, you know, David goes and gets the few stones and his sling and, and is able to kill Goliath, which if you actually look at that story, like if it's pretty much David with a, with a gun and, and Goliath with a sword, like just kind of that makes more sense. But um, I, think, I think there is something to the fact that, that we don't take on some of that armor. And so anyway, this coworker of mine, he kind of came to us as a group and says, you know, us as some of the older people at Multiply, we don't want to do that. We want you, the younger people coming up, to not just take on what we have done in the past. And I think we want to continue to do that within the church. We want to continue to see God at move, on the move and what he is doing around us and to be able to follow uh, those things and not get so stuck in the ways that have happened for so many years before that. A couple of the basic ideas that happen in this parable. One is, is this cloth, and the other one is, uh, is the wineskin, right? And so you have the cloth, which if you take this cloth that's not shrunk properly or not prepared properly, and you try to sew it on there, it kind of just tears the garment. So it really doesn't help anything. And, and back in this, this time, like you wouldn't go and just donate your clothes to Salvation Army and go get another set of clothes from the local store. Like that just... You, you continue to wear these clothes. You continue to fix them. And like you maybe have just a few, like you don't have a lot 
at this time. And so you're fixing these things properly, and people would know this. You know how to take care of your clothes. You know how to properly sew on a new piece of, of stuff onto this. And so that makes sense, right? So Jesus would have said this, and they would have said, yeah, of course. Like, duh. Like, why, why would you do anything other than, like, allow that to, to uh, be prepared properly? Or they would have said, with the wine, they would have said, well, who does that? Who takes the new wine and puts it into old wine? That's just, that's just dumb. Like, no, no vineyard, no, nobody preparing the wine ever does that because they know that, that it just ruins the wine and it gets spilt all over and it ruins the wine skin. And that's just, that's just, why would you do that? And so this parable, to me, it's not one of these ones that all of a sudden, he would have shared and they would have been like, oh, that completely changes. Our, like, I would have never thought you would do it that way. This is totally different. No, they would have looked at this and been like, yeah, that makes total sense. And I love how in, in parables often God is speaking to a whole bunch of different people in the room and he is like the spirit is just completely speaking differently to different people that are there. And some of them are like, oh, I know what he's saying. I, I know he's talking about a new covenant. I know he's talking about, about what the message that he is bringing, this message that he is going to redeem us. I know he's not talking about the law. We're not going to take this new covenant and the old covenant and sew them together and it's going to tear and break. We're going to actually do something different. So there's some that would have been able to do that. And there's some in the room that would have just been like, yes, that's, that's normal. Why would you share that? And they would just move on. And so it's, I find the parables so interesting in that way oftentimes because yeah, he takes the time to describe them from time to time, but oftentimes, like, it's just, this is the parable, and if you got it, you got it. If you didn't, you didn't. And, and who knows who you were in that room, and it's amazing now that we get to sit with them and be able to uh, look at them and see what God has for us in the midst of it. And if you look at these two things, the torn cloth and the, and the, and the burst wineskin or the, or the split open wineskin and the, the, the wine poured all over the ground, I was looking at something that's similar to this, and, I, and the two things that came to mind in this uh, really come right at the time of Christ's death on the cross. And so as, as Christ dies on the cross, and as he says his last words, Mark 15, 38 says that the, the, the curtain in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. And at this moment, the presence of the Lord was completely opened to everyone. Right? We had gone from the space where we had this holy of holies, a space where the presence of the Lord was uh, so, like you had to go through this whole process to get into that, to be a part of that. Uh, but now that, that curtain was completely torn, and now it was just open for everybody to be able to access. And if you look at the split wineskins, at the, at the last moment as Jesus has died and he's on the cross and they're not sure, Luke or John sorry, uh, 19, 34 says that, that the, the guard went and pierced his side and the blood uh, came out like a flood from his side and was spilt all over the ground. And I just find it so interesting how these things continue to relate. God knew these things, that Jesus knew these things that were going to happen. And we see the fact that, that this old covenant, the one that the Pharisees were so sure of, the one that they were so set on, the one that they had to continue to follow, uh, at some point just tore. And it wasn't important anymore. 
It was something completely new. And this, this, this blood that Christ comes to offer is something that completely brings us this new redemption, this freedom, this ability to actually come before the Lord uh, face to face and to know him, even amongst all the sin and everything within us, because Jesus covers us. So for me, that is what we are living in now. And, and we have that new wine, and I think that new wine uh, lives within us, and that we want to be able to allow the same fermenting process. We want to allow that same gas bubbling growth and the flexibility to be able to do that. And I think I look at these scriptures, and there was a season in my life where I was like, I read that, and I know it. I've read through the Bible, guys. I've done, I've done that before, and I, I know it now. I'm good. And, uh, and more and more I come to this space that, man, I don't know it. And Lord, I want more of you. And I actually want to like, be in that space of just a really flexible wineskin to know that you have something more and more for me, Lord, in the midst of this. And I don't know it. And I want to learn it. And I want to dive into it more. And I want you to teach me more, Lord. And I want the gases to completely, you know, go and, and the... The passage in, in Luke that talks about this, this same parable actually uh, ends with the fact that, you know, the, the wine in the old wineskin, like that's the wine we want, right? That, the wine that's there, that's fermented, that's, that's prepared, that's final, that's ready, that's the wine that we want. And we want to be able to get into that space, but it only happens through that process. And it is a process that we have to continue to walk into. But I think I continue to want to build my own kingdom. I want to continue to know I have some control in this. And I have good ideas. And I, I, can, I can do what I want. I remember when I was working, started working with Multiply, uh, one of the first things that I did when we were living here in, uh, in Winnipeg was I was going to take on this SOAR program and uh, I was all gung-ho, I've seen this, I've been a part of it, I, this is great, and I'm, I'm going to be the one that's going to be able to now form it and shape it, and we'll, we'll do this. And I had great ideas, and I spent lots of time planning and getting ready, and uh, getting the people on board, and, and making sure they knew what was going on, and, and doing all the preparation and everything like that. And, uh, and then two weeks Two weeks before I was supposed to run SOAR for the first time, uh, COVID happened and everything shut down. And uh, no longer can we take the 250 people that we had signed up for SOAR and bring them all into one space together. And we got to shift and, and, and adjust. And, and I continue to learn. I, I, I can create some really good plans. And I can create really good kingdoms on my own. And yet really what I want and really what God is saying here is what is the kingdom that he is wanting to establish. And am I trying to ill-fit it to myself? Ill-fit it to the old wineskin that's not flexible enough or the garment that really doesn't match? Or am I actually willing to put that aside, my own need for my own kingdom, and really put and live into the space of what God's kingdom is? And in the end, it's really not about the wineskin. The wineskin helps to prepare it and get it ready and, and, and bring it to somebody. But really, you have a wineskin only because you have the wine. 
And all of us are those people. We are the bearers of God's kingdom. We are the bearers of Christ within us. And really, we are just vessels to be able to bring uh, the kingdom of God to people around us. And so I think that's the important part here, is to not get stuck. Not get stuck in, in what I want, in the kingdom that I want to build, but to be able to see the kingdom of God around me. Not get stuck in this awesome fax machine that I have developed and built, but to see the beauty of what God has and the things that, that are so much more expansive than I could have ever thought. I'm sure the Pharisees thought these laws were so good. Like they, they, these laws helped protect them from stepping out of bounds and getting you know, um, ill or sick or getting unclean or whatever that was. But, but the laws were never good enough. They were never good enough to be able to tear the curtain so that we can walk into the presence of God. They were never enough so that we can experience the spilled blood of Jesus right with us so that we have that unity and that closeness with God. And so let's do that. Let's stop chasing after our own kingdoms and our own systems and continue to seek after God. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you offer us so much more. So much more than we can imagine. So much more than we can build or so much more than we can, uh, we can uh, try and do on our own. And Lord, I pray that you would give us flexible hearts hearts that would be open to what you are doing around us. And Lord, that it wouldn't be about us, but it would be about you. And Lord, it is because of you that we are able to bring this message, this message of freedom, this message of love uh, to those around us. And so Lord, I pray uh, that we would bear your kingdom uh, wherever we go and help us to shed our own. Amen.